Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, lotty dotty, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I am your host, James Clark, and with me, as always, is Patrick Brewer. What is going on, Patrick? How are you doing? Uh, are you enjoying some uh, some Padre baseball? Uh, yeah, it's actually been somewhat enjoyable lately, which is obviously weird to say, but uh, definitely been been worth watching. I think I've been tuning in more recently. I mean, I've also had more time to tune in, obviously, but um, it, it's been nice to kind of watch them actually be somewhat competitive. So that, that is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the Padres lost uh, this evening in Atlanta, a close game that they battled, um, but are sitting with a 33-38 and 38 record currently, uh, six games behind the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, they're six and four in their last ten. They've won five straight series. I mean, there's some things to be excited about this team. Uh, I think the most exciting aspect is the fact that Will Myers, Franchi Cordero, Austin Hedges, Joey Lucchese, even Phil Maton are, are just beginning to rehab, and will probably be within this team within the next week. So, it, it, you would think. The, the team's going to get better, right? I mean, you're adding those type of players, but, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see, right, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time until all those guys are back. I mean, within the next few weeks, they should all be back um, in the lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see how the team plays once they pretty much have, I think, everyone back for the most part. I mean, everyone they expected to be back is, is going to be back. Now that Hunter Renfro's back, um, those, the other guys joining him soon. So, yeah, I, I feel like... I'm not going to say they're going to be competitive, but I feel like they could be, you know, pretty decent with those guys in the lineup. And I mean, they're playing decent now with without those guys in the lineup, and those are some some high caliber players there. So I think it could be interesting to see uh, how it shakes out once those guys are back. Yeah, no, it's it's nice to see this young team play better and, and play as a cohesive unit. Um, a lot of fans are getting unrealistic expectations that this is a playoff team. And, you know, we're still dead last in our division. You still have to leapfrog five other teams to get into first place. So just settle down a little bit. You know, it's nice to see the progression. It's nice to see that this isn't going to be a 100-loss team, or, or they shouldn't be a 100-loss team. But it's nice to see that this is teams progressing in the right way. It's nice to see the youngsters coming in and, and performing and, and doing so. So um, let's let's start off first with some Twitter questions. I, I kind of threw out a, a Twitter question kind of thing out on, on Twitter, on the uh, on the good old Twitter machine to, to kind of give us some questions here. Um, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. Let me start off with uh, our friends at uh, Bluntly Padres. Um, how would you handle the situation with a healthy Franchi, Renfro, Margot, Jankowski, and Myers? 
and it goes on with uh, is Matt Caesar locked to be DFA'd and his friend Neil a lock to go to AAA? Uh, give me your thoughts initially, Patrick, on uh, on that question. So I mean, I'll say first that I heard you're going on their show. Is that true? I Matt and I have been uh, talking that that could that could happen. I'm I'm hoping that you're going to tag along as well. So uh, yeah, we might have a, a bluntly crossover. There might be a bluntly crossover uh, podcast. I think a lot of fans don't really realize that Matt writes for our site and has done so for a couple of years. He's uh, kind of kept that under wraps, but I've pretty much told him that it really doesn't matter. I I enjoy what they're doing at at, uh, at Bluntly Padres, and uh, we will support them fully. So, yeah, I'm be honest. I didn't even know that matt was the same matt that was doing the podcast so <laughs> james had to fill me in on that one but yeah that was a that was a bit of a surprise but uh yeah so those those guys are are good do, doing good stuff over there anyway back to the question um i think i don't know but yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah this outfield situation is, is just not going to resolve itself yeah. very easily so based on current performance um I think they're still trying to trade Jankowski. I, I don't know if he's really valuable at this point. I don't know if he's really an asset that teams are looking at, but um, I think you can drum up enough interest there with how he's been playing. I know he's kind of cooled off as of late. Um, over the last two weeks, he's actually been back to his normal self, dare I say. Um, so I think they're trying maybe to drum up some interest there. I think he's really in the plans as a, a starting option. I mean, when you have Cordero, Margot, and Myers, I mean... I think you got to think those three guys are going to get bulk of the playing time. Um, and then we move past that. I think Framil Reyes is probably a good shot to to go down because um, he's not really performing too well. He's kind of cooled off. I mean, he's had his moments, but um, I think he still could use a little bit of seasoning in AAA. I think to an extent it's probably the same thing as Jankowski. Maybe they're trying to showcase him a little bit, kind of get drum up interest, and if he's a trade piece, that's awesome. I don't necessarily think they're going to trade him, but I think it's an option. With, with both guys. I don't think Caesar's you know, easily gonna get DFA because I think you still need like that fourth or fifth outfielder. I think he's a guy who could fill that role. So mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. teams carry five outfielders. Um and I know Perel is kind of a hybrid case and you could argue that Corey Spangenberg is kind of a hybrid case as well, although yeah. he has yeah. not I don't think he played any outfield this year. Uh maybe like one or two games. Um but yeah I think odds are I think Margot and I think Margot and Cordero and Myers end up being the outfield, and I think Renfro fills in where where necessary. Which I mean, you could argue he needs playing time too. So yeah, that's just yeah. another. I mean, there's like like I said, there's like six or seven bodies out there to to get playing time. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how things shakes out. But uh, I would put money Definitely. on uh, Cordero, Myers, and Margot getting everyday playing time, and I think maybe they have a four man rotation where Renfro gets rotated in and out um, here and there. I mean, I, I think they probably take it slow with Myers, so if he needs to stay in. Uh, an extended rehab in AAA, or if he needs to maybe you know take every couple of games off to start, I think that might be something you might see. But at the end of the day, I think those three guys are, are getting the bulk of the time. And I will say, Manny Margot's been hot lately. He's got a 158 WRC plus over his last 40 plate appearances. So maybe he's starting to heat up. He's starting to figure it out a bit. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to see how it shakes out once Cordero and Myers are ready to go, and that should be within the next few weeks. Yeah, they're they're. There is just no easy answer here. There really isn't. I mean, you you mentioned. Uh, well, let's start. Let's start with Fran Mill and Caesar. Um, I, I you know it's no secret that I, that I love Fran Mill Reyes. I, I love what he brings. I love the potential that he brings. 
But at 22 and, and with just the amount of talent that's above him as far as seniority and, and, and playing time, he's going to probably end up in AAA unless unless some major trade happens. But I would imagine, uh, you know, a little more seasoning in El Paso isn't going to hurt him. Uh, like I mentioned, 22 years old, there's still a lot of potential and a very bright side with him. Uh, I love what he brings as far as clubhouse potential. Uh, Matt Caesar, we're, we're, we're speaking about clubhouse. I think Matt Caesar is a clubhouse kind of guy. I know that fans have been waiting for him to be DFA'd. I, in the beginning of the year, was wondering why he hadn't been DFA'd, but I think he. you mentioned that he, he's a serviceable center fielder. He's a serviceable bench option. He generally puts the ball in play. He's an on-base type of player that the Padres are kind of preaching uh, I, I don't see him as a as a easy DFA at this point. I think that they would send Jankowski down, back down to AAA to get regular at-bats before they would DFA Caesar, and, and that's just how it is. But um, it's tough. Margot, Myers, and Card- Cordero are should be the, the starting center field, or starting outfielders. Those, those three deserve the playing time. They bring the most offensively as far as potential. Hunter Renfro has been swinging an excellent bat, though. Uh, I know you and I have kind of washed our hands on him, but I do, I am impressed with what I have seen from him recently. Uh, today in the eighth inning with uh, um, Hosmer on second base, tying run, he attempted to go to the opposite field, lined out, kind of flared out to second base a little weakly, but, y- you know, he's, he's making the adjustments, and I like that. I, I like, and I know the Padres like that, at 26, he still has the potential to possibly be someone. So it's tough to kind of write him off, especially when he's a former number one pick, uh, a homegrown player. So I, I don't envy the Padres right now. I don't envy Andy Green. I don't envy AJ Preller because there needs to be playing time for these players in order for them to, in order for the team to figure out who they are, and in order for them to boost their value. And and you you know you mentioned showcasing. I think that's what a lot of we've seen with. Renfro and Jankowski and even Franmil getting playing time is just showcasing them to other teams to see that you know we have depth and may you know maybe possibly be interested. Uh, the trade rumors are blo- are blowing, and they're going to be blowing for the next month and a half. Uh, there's there's got to be some moves, wouldn't you say, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's going to be moves in the outfield, whether that's sending people down or possibly making a trade of a guy like Renfro or a guy like Jankowski. Um, to me, it's definitely been encouraging to see Renfro playing better. I mean, he's got a, a 147 WRC plus over his last 40 plus plate appearances. Um, his walk rate's 12 and a half percent, which is big. His on base percentage is near 400. Um, so obviously all positive improvements, but I mean, at the end of the day for me, I just don't really see him as being a, that valuable of a player. I mean, you look at guys like Myers, you look at guys like Cordero, they, they do more. I mean, they're, they're more, I guess, well-rounded. I mean, Cordero, especially he can run the bases. He can play good defense. Um, I mean, even at his best, Renfro's like probably a two-win player at best, and I mean, but but Renfro has a cannon arm, remember? Oh God! Um, those, <laughs> so I mean, those players are valuable, but I mean, on a good team, those those don't really move the needle much. I mean, you need like four and five win players, and yeah, yeah. I think Cordero and Myers have the chance of being that. I know Myers has kind of cooled off in terms of expectations, but I think both those guys and Margot, to an extent, have the opportunity of being you know those above-average to all-star type players, the three-four win range. I think Definitely. Renfro at his best is just, I mean, he's probably a two-win player. All right, let me ask you a question about Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, we know his value. We are well-educated on, on the type of player he is. Do you see Do you see a team out there that could possibly be infatuated with his power and his age and, and the arm? And 
the upside and, and could potentially give the Padres, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect a, a top 100 prospect, but somebody of a decent return, or they could package him with somebody. Do you, do you see a team out there that could actually be willing to trade for Hunter Renfro? Uh, I mean, I want to say no because I don't think teams really buy into um, power-only players anymore because it's just it, – I feel like at this point, everyone's hitting home runs. I mean, Scooter Jeanette's turned into like a thing like Babe Ruth. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really think that teams put as much stock into guys that can only hit home runs or guys that that's you know a big part of their game. Um, but, I mean, I guess you could package him with, I don't know, like – some some B level prospects and and get Chris Archer right. <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh just yeah sure throw in Mitchell and then the deal's done right. <laughs> Twitter's fun. Um, yeah exactly. Yeah I, I love I love uh, those those wild trade scenarios like we'll we'll give them like five like awful prospects and they'll give yeah us everything their best that player. we don't want everything that we have excess and don't want we'll give to you and you give us your best player. Yeah we'll that, take that we'll means... take Mike Trout off your hands for Hunter Renfro and um you know Brian yeah, Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, deal. yeah, of course. Of course. Um, we'll throw in Oswahi to sweeten it up <laughs> I mean, anyway, yeah. I don't I don't think Renfro's really a trade piece, honestly. I think, like, you might dump him, but at this point, it's like, why why give him away for nothing? And I think at this point, his value, I don't think, is that high. So, mm-hmm. I I mean, I think they're going to entertain the idea of trading him, but I, I don't really see it happening because I just don't see there being enough value there to really warrant it. And, I mean, okay. if you let you yeah, give I mean, up on him completely, which, I mean, I don't think you just give up on players. Uh, I think no. we've had enough history of giving up on players and seeing them succeed elsewhere. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, that leads me uh, into another question. Uh, this one is from Dan Fabiano, who uh, does some contributing for EVT as a, as a friend of the site. Uh, if the Padres remain within five games of the West at the trade deadline, would you buy – or stay the course. If buy, then who are you guys? Who are some of the guys you would target? Uh, Dan's birthday is also the twenty fourth, uh, so just FYI, if anyone wants to get him anything for his birthday, <laughs> uh, I'll get I'll get right to some Amazon shopping. I think I still have some time. Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like they could win every game up until the All Star break, and I would still want them to sell. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly. my mindset. I think I've made that clear. Um, I think exactly. I say this just about every year that I don't care how good you are in May or if you if you get hot in June, um, you shouldn't change the course. I mean, if you look at this roster, this is not a playoff team. Um, this this team, I don't even think is going to be near the playoffs, even if they kept everyone. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you look at all these trade pieces they have, and I mean, there is some. I know mean, people think it's not maybe nearly as good as years past, but there are plenty of guys here that you could see being valuable. And I mean, if you think about the fact that we got Chris Paddock for Fernando Rodney and we got Josh Naylor for Andrew Kashner, and we got Asteria Ruiz and Matt Strom for yeah. Brandon Maurer and Bookter and and Trevor Trevor Cahill. I mean, you think of all those trades, those are not really the most valuable assets, those guys. And I think Ross mm-hmm. is a somewhat valuable asset. I think you can get like a top maybe two, 200 prospect. I, don't, I wouldn't say top 100 prospect. Um, but you can definitely get a team's you know 10th or 15th best prospect for Tyson Ross, I believe. Um, as for the relievers, I mean, I think those are all valuable guys. I mean, look at what they got for Fernando Rodney, and I mean, that's kind of a joke now because it was such an awful trade for the Marlins. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, I think obviously all three of uh, Yates, Hand, and um, Stammen are all drawing a lot of interest. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's been speculated on. I think Ken Rosenthal was the one that wrote that piece. I think that was today, kind of speculating on that. 
Um, so all those guys are definitely valuable. I know that people say, oh, don't, you don't have to trade them because I think Yates is under control for, I want to say, three years or two years. Stammen is two years. I think Hand is like four years now. So you don't have to trade those guys. But, I mean, if they're valuable and someone comes calling, I think you make the move. As long as, long as you're not trading it to, like, a division rival. So you don't want to trade him to, like, the Giants because, obviously, you never like seeing a guy, uh, a former yeah. player within a division. So that's that's obviously without, sure. without being said. But other than that, I mean, I think all, all three guys should be, if not on the block, I think they should all be moved realistically. I mean, there's enough in the bullpen to, like, to like fill in. You know, I mean, I, you look at Phil Maton, he could be a closer caliber pitcher. I mean, if you trade Han and keep Yates, Yates can be a closer. Um, you look at what Simber's done this year. You look at the fact they have a couple – Couple minor leaguers who are probably are on the cusp. I mean, Jose Castillo has been a revelation yeah. so far. So I mean, this—if there's one thing the Potters are good at, it's building bullpens. So I'm really not worried about um, them being able to fill in if they do trade Hand or Yates or whoever else. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. But I definitely think that there's at least five guys I see getting traded or should be at least in the conversation. So. Yeah. My money's on at least a couple of those guys uh, getting shipped out, so we'll see how that well, plays out. Well, let me get to another question that's here that's kind of related. It comes from Mike uh, Ursery, who's another writer with us. Uh, he wants trade possibilities, and can we expect anyone to get traded besides relievers? Um, let me go ahead and, and you know, you, you mentioned – uh, obviously, Stammen, Yates, Handel, Ross uh, as well. Uh, there could be some middle infielders traded. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put past AJ Perella to be shopping uh, Jose Perella. Yeah, I mean, I would trade him for a bucket of balls at this point. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I mean, I, I know <laughs> that there's some out there that just absolutely hate Jose Perella, but he is serviceable uh, to a, a a contending team because of the amount of positions he can play, and for and for the fact that he does give you. A professional bat for most of the most for the most part. I mean, you probably don't want him batting in the middle of your order, but as a pinch hitter, as a, as a spot starter, he's he's got some value. So, uh, Perella, Spangenberg, Aswahi, even they got to be making room for Luis Urias or Urias. You you have to you have to realize that that it's only a matter of time before this young man is up. Um, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't get any questions about him in, in this Twitter ask all, but. Um, there will be there will be trades or there should be trades and I, I wouldn't expect for the team to go out and and, and acquire uh, Glaber Torres or anyone like that but these undervalued players like the Isturi Ruizes the Chris Paddocks the, the players like that are, are the ones that are going to make the difference in this franchise and that's really what AJ Prellers and and his his uh, staff are experts about so I, I look forward to see who we're able to to steal away from from. Uh, what team this year you know i the royals have just got to be absolutely angry about what they gave for or what they got for stram and uh and ruiz i mean bookers with the a's cahill's with the a's as well mowers closing out games in triple a i mean for a team that's rebuilding and for a team that's trying to contend and trying to make their fan base content that's those kind of trades are, are, are really just uh just horrible yeah, it's kind of laughable for a team who's not even competing now that they made that such a short-sighted move. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look at the Marlins are kind of the same way. I mean, you trade away Chris Paddock, basically, and, and Luis Castillo, for that matter. You trade away both those guys in, in the year before you basically blow it up. And I know it's because of the ownership change and whatnot, and that obviously wasn't a foreseen thing because obviously it was a different ownership group making those moves. But 
just yeah, just dumb, just so dumb. No, it's <laughs> it is dumb because you you either have to be going for a World Series title or going for a draft pick, and that's just the way the game's situated right now. You your goal cannot be all right. We made the playoffs. All right, we made the wild card. We made one game, and holy, our, our fan base is happy. Oh, we just lost, and now we have the number twenty fourth pick or whatever. You know, it's you're either going for it absolutely all, like the Cubs when they dealt Glaber Torres to the Yankees for Chapman, or you're just you you're gonna just sit stand pat. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, another question that we got from uh, A dot Maison: uh, Are you guys buying into the Padres being contenders? I think we kind of went over that. Um, I, I know I am not. Uh, I am happy and pleased with the way this team is progressing in the correct direction. But, you know, they're not going to contend. I mean, could you imagine us going against the Nationals starting staff in a, in a series or something like that? I mean, it, it'd be pretty scary and pretty pretty disheartening. Um, Patrick, are, are the Padres contending this year? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if they win, like, 80 games. But I, yeah, I would, it, okay, I would that's say true. that's a contender because contenders are more like the 85 to 90 range. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they hang around, especially when you – if you see some more minor leaguers get called up, I mean, there's some guys, obviously Luis Sirius, if he comes up and he's, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. at the top of the order producing, and if, if some other guys come up near the end of the year, I mean, there's definitely a, a scenario I could see where they're, you know, near 500. But other than that, I wouldn't say competitive or contender necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I guess, that, like you say, it depends on your what you believe as contending or what you, yeah. what you view as contending. Uh, they could finish around 500. They could be five or ten games out within the last week or two. And, and I mean, I guess that's contending in, in some way, but I think that the baseball operations and the front office knows that this, is, this isn't their time, and it's it's exciting, but it's just not a time to pull the trigger on any, and do anything stupid at this point, right? Yeah, I think you got to just relax and uh, take it easy and uh, <laughs> just hope for, some, uh, hope for some good play from the young guys uh, as the season progresses. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to another question uh, from Liddy Laurie. Uh, has the league adjusted to Fran Mill, and now he has to adjust back? If so, what should he do? And what about Renfro? He's looked a little better since he came back, but looked horrible against Sanchez tonight. Love the Grand Slam, but he's ju- is he just a spotty, mediocre player? Uh, I'll let you Ouch. tackle this one first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out to Liddy, uh, one half of the Hell's Bells podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think a guy like Reyes is, is so young. Obviously, he's not a top prospect. I think this is pretty par for the course. I mean, those guys need to make adjustments. Um, usually, the league pretty quickly figures out those kind of players, and you kind of need to, as we always say, the game. It's a game of adjustments, and once the pitchers adjust, you got to adjust back. So. He definitely is in that adjustment period. I think he's striking out, like, what, 40% of the time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're awfully similar to Franchi Cordero last year, and obviously we've seen big strides from him this year. So I think it could be a similar scenario where Re- Reyes just needs some time to kind of figure it out and adjust to being, you know, in the big leagues with, with like, actual competition. I mean, no offense to AAA, no offense to El Paso, but it's sometimes a joke. <laughs> so... I yeah. think I think he needs that time to develop and to kind of readjust, and I, I think he'll figure it out. Um, given given that time, I don't know if he's going to have that time with obviously Myers and Cordero coming back, but um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, I definitely think it, it's not like a lost cause um, going forward. No, no, not at all. I mean, 
I mean, you have to like some of the adjustments that he makes. I mean, today I saw him lead off uh, the ninth inning, uh, taking a nasty ninety high nineties sinker and, and lining it to right field, uh, and consciously making an effort to go the opposite field. That's that's stuff that a, a, a six foot five, two hundred seventy foot man doesn't normally do. So you see the signs of, of potential with him, and to me, it's amazing that he's not even in a top thirty prospect for the Padres, and and that bodes well to the fact that this system is so damn deep that a, a man who's producing the way he is and, and generating excitement isn't even a top 30 prospect in in, in, in the Padres system. But um, I, I, he's just going to need some more seasoning. I, I, it's just He's just a number crunch. I mean, he's not going to start over Hunter Renfro or over Will Myers, uh, Margot, uh, Cordero, even a Renfro at this point because the Padres are invested in him. Renfro's five years older, four, almost five years older. They need to know what they have with him now. They need to know what to do with Renfro now. Reyes is is a, is a nice ace in the hole, if you will, a, a player that can potentially spot start for them or start for them down the line. So we'll have to wait and see. The Renfro is is an enigma. He's always going to be an enigma, and, and um, I don't, I don't, I just don't envy the Padres and, and the decisions that they're going to have to make moving forward with with all these outfielders. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> it is. A, it is a mess. It is a mess. Sums it up pretty well. <laughs> um, okay, a good, couple more. Good problem to have, though. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A couple more Twitter questions. There, we are just uh, Twitter question night tonight. Uh, Cameron Jose asks, "Where do the new guys, Weathers, Edwards, uh, uh, Grant Little, Owen Miller, uh, etc., uh, where do they slot in our top uh, prospect list?" Uh, he asks if they're in the ten to twenty range. Um, I, I would imagine Weathers would be in the ten to twenty range, if not close to top ten. Uh, Edwards would probably be a top thirty, but I, I don't know. Well, you give me your thoughts, Patrick. Again, the system is so damn deep; it's hard to to put these guys ahead of players that we've already seen and scouted and, and know so well. So, give me your thoughts. Um, I mean, we think about Weathers. He's about a, he's probably a forty-five future value. I think that's the consensus in that range, and I think mm-hmm. Edwards is about the same. I know Edwards is ranked as the seventeenth best um, player on the board in the draft by uh, Fangraphs, and so obviously that was a bit of a steal getting him at thirty-eight. So I think both those guys are about the same rank w- with that regard. I mean, obviously it's different when you're thinking about pitchers versus, um, I mean, high school pitcher versus a high school uh, shortstop. Um, but yeah, I think both guys would slot. I mean. If you look at the Padres' top 43 list on Fangraphs, um, it's crazy to say 43, but um, yeah. everyone in the 10 to 19 range is 45 feature values. So that's from uh, just past Quail Contral, who's at 9. Everyone below him is 45 up until, I think, I think Edward Olivares. I want to say Edward Olivares is number 19, who's a 45. So theoretically, those guys would slot in anywhere there. Um, I think Weather slots in a little bit higher, maybe like... I don't know, 15, 16. I think Edwards is probably closer to the back of that because he's a little more unproven. But, I mean, in terms of tools, I think he's he's pretty toolsy. So that's kind of where I would fit those two guys. Um, past that, Grant Little's a 40 future value, so he's definitely on the top 43, but he's probably closer to the bottom. And I think I don't have a rank of Owen Miller off the top of my head, but I think he's probably in the 40 range as well. So maybe a 40 or a 35, depending. Uh, I think I think Dylan Coleman's also a 40. 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> both those guys theoretically could slot. In. I mean, because Fangraphs did their list by including um, every player who was at least a forty. So theoretically, those guys would be on their list if they uh, redid the list today. So yeah, I think they, those guys all slot in um, the top thirty or forty. So yeah, the Padres basically added at least four or five um, top thirty to top forty prospects. So a deeper system gets even deeper. Yeah. It does, and it's it's intriguing. We'll have to see. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to be starting their season in Tri City. Uh, actually, Tri City starts tomorrow. Uh, it'll be exciting to see these these young guys play and and see how well the Padres did in the draft. I would imagine that some of those fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth round picks are going to be a steal, like uh, like they have been the last couple of years for the Padres. <clears throat> um, let's go into another question. Uh, Carlos R S. What is the maximum number of wins you think this club can get to this year? Um, uh, Pat. I say I think I said it before, but I say about eighty. Yeah, maybe five hundred. I think I think if anything anything more than that, I'd honestly be surprised. I mean, I'd probably be surprised at eighty, but I wouldn't be like totally shocked. If that makes sense? Like, no, it's not out of the question to me. Definitely, definitely, we'll have to wait and see. There's potential moves that can happen. There's uh, young players that can influence this team. So I think 80 is, is probably about what they'll max out at uh, or possibly max out at, but we'll have to wait and see. The, the roster is is obviously going to change. This this 25-man roster that you see now is not going to be the same uh, come July, August, and definitely into September. Uh, last question I have uh, for the night is from Daniel L. Uh, who is our next top 10 overall hitting prospect do we have any guys that if they do well this year have a chance to be top 10 prospects in baseball like fernando tatis jr uh patrick i'll give you the lead on this if you think that there'll be any hitting prospects that kind of uh take the leap this year if you will um let me pull up the Gotta pull up the list in my head here a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, the only I mean, Ruiz, Tierso. I, I love what Josh Naylor's doing. I just think that he could, he could be better as well. I, it's it's tough. The system isn't necessarily made upon hitting at the moment, although a lot of these teenagers could progress in time. Uh, so it, it's 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 a good question. So are, are uh, we saying like top ten in the Padres system? Uh, I believe. What is our next top 10 overall hitting prospect? I don't know if he's asking in all of Major League Baseball or in... I think he means all of baseball for alluding to Tatis. Um, Yeah, that's that's kind of tough, yeah. I think Tierso or Jason Rosario are guys that could be... I mean, I'll just say top 100 prospects. I think that's a little rich for me to say top 10. Yes, I think both yeah. those guys have lots of tools. Um, Hudson Potts is a guy who's probably in the fringe of being a top 100 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabriel Arias, Arias is by another case. If he starts to hit, I mean, he's definitely, I think, a slam dunk top 100 prospect based on the glove alone. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, maybe Josh Naylor. I mean, he's kind of turned it up this year, but I think his profile as a first baseman kind of holds him back a bit, so I don't think he really makes that jump. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Ruiz is a guy who can make a jump. He's a 45. Oliveris is a 45. Both those guys are pretty toolsy. Um, I think Jason Rosario is currently like a 40, so he's probably held back a little bit. Um, yeah. if you want a dark horse, maybe Buddy Reed. I don't know if Buddy Reed's really figuring oh, yeah. me out. Um, yeah, I like Mason House a lot. He's kind of gone under the radar. He hasn't really gotten played too much just yet. I think mm-hmm. he's, I think he's slated to be on the Tri City roster uh, opening. Yes, day. he is. Yep. Uh, Luis Almanzar is another guy who's kind of quiet, a little bit under the radar. 
Um, I'm just kind of reading down the 40s right now. Um, those are probably the guys that stand out to me. Maybe Jordy Barley, if he can. I mean, he's kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel yeah, about Jordy Barley, but he's the guy who yeah. I think if he can unlock something, he could be um, something special. But those are all just kind of speculative at this point. But, yeah, there's there's plenty of guys in the system. I know mean, they say, oh, the pitching's a lot better. Um, but there's lots of good hitting prospects. They're just lower on the, in the system and obviously need some seasoning before they really can kind of get into that sort of conversation. So I think we're waiting a year or so for those guys to really find their legs, so to speak. Yeah, no, I mean, th- there's plenty of teenage talent in, in the system, and I think uh, Tierso is probably one to, to really keep your eye on. You know, he's just – his swing is so smooth. He has size. He has power. He has uh, contact ability. He's he's a pretty decent runner, pretty decent fielder. Uh, as far as, like, a superstar-type talent, I think that he's probably – along that lines uh, because he just turned 18. I mean, the, the kid's three months into his 18th year. So, and already playing well in Fort Wayne, uh, what does he hit? He's in two, two sixty five right now in Fort Wayne uh, for an 18 year old. That's, that's pretty impressive. So um, we'll have to wait and see time. Only time will tell, but there's definitely a, a lot of depth and a lot of excitement and a lot of reason to be excited with this project system. Um, speaking of which, the All-Stars uh, selections have been announced for the California League, uh, the Texas League, and the Midwest League. Uh, I guess we'll go, let's start with the Midwest League, Patrick. Uh, my boy, Nick Margovicious, that's Margovicious for those that don't still don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Margovicious, Margovicious. Are you sure it's not Marjavikas? Margirovicius, yeah, no. I thought it was uh, Russian. I, I spoke to Nick many times uh, during the season, the last couple weeks. He's very, very happy with with the selection. Uh, he's a little frustrated with the fact that he's in Fort Wayne. Uh, it, it's just the fact that this Lake Elsinore starting rotation is just jam packed. But um, Nick will be uh, in Lake Elsinore, I would imagine, uh, before the end of the year. Uh, joining him on the Midwest League All Star roster is Luis Camposano, uh, Aaron Leisher, and Travis Radke. Uh, give me your thoughts. I I was kind of uh, surprised that Rosario Ornelas Ruiz didn't uh, didn't make the team, but um, give me your thoughts. I mean, I don't have too many thoughts on the minor league. All star selections because it's very you know kind of hit or yeah. miss. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mar- Margovicius has been impressive so far. I think he's probably a lock for Elsinore sooner rather than later, probably after the yeah. break. I mean, a couple yeah. of those guys, a couple of those guys probably could do for a promotion um, in Elsinore. So yeah, did, see... didn't didn't last season the team uh, promote Lauer and Lucchese yeah, and also right after the All Star? It was yeah. right after the All Star. They basically turned so over the whole staff, and then the I would expect the same was with... pretty rough to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. well, this time we'll have reinforcements, yeah. <laughs> unlike last year. It'll be a little bit better this year. But, yeah, last year was a little rough because they basically cleared out the whole starting staff. I mean, Nix was gone, Lauer, Lucchese, Quantrill. They basically all moved at once. Yeah, and then Allen guys like well. Morajon and Baez and Avila didn't move up, so it was kind of like a little, little bit of limbo that second half for Elsinore. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be a guy that probably moves up. Um Travis Radke's been really impressive out of the bullpen this year. Um, he's pre- he's not really a prospect at this point. I mean, in terms no, of like, no. he's more like a fringy guy, but um, definitely could still yeah. be a major leaguer. Um, I don't really – I can't really say I have too much on Aaron Leisher. You kind of just like see his name in passing here and there. Le- Leisher's, Leisher's an, an interesting option because he just kind of gets 
thrown under the radar, just flies under the radar because, you know, we want to talk about Gore. We want to talk even on his own staff, Osvaldo Hernandez, players like that get all the press. But that young left-handed pitcher is 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 pretty decent, and and you know this all-star recognition is is just another it's just another feather in, in the Padres' cap as far as their system and, and the fact that there's just names everywhere. So um, I'm I'm pretty pretty impressed with this staff. Um, take take us into the California League All Stars. Let's 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 move into to something we're a little more familiar with uh, with our Lake Elsinore guys here. Um, well, you're just showing me being not prepared because I don't have it off the top oh. of my head in front of me. But I'll, I'll, I'll go through the list. The list uh, <laughs> of the California All Star uh, team: uh, Buddy Reed, Reggie Lawson, uh, Chris Paddock, Adrian Morahone, Elliot Ashbeck. Hudson Potts and Edward Oliveras, a pretty nice group right there uh, for the Padres representing in in uh, I believe it's in Lancaster this year. Yeah, Lawson's been phenomenal this year. I mean, Oliveras and Hudson Potts are, are doing their thing hitting. They've definitely been impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Chris Paddock, obviously, I think that goes up being said. He's another guy who's probably going to get promoted. Um, I mean, he's the guy who probably will get promoted and do, think... do you do you think that the, the we just mentioned uh the, the lake Elsinore guys who got promoted last year do you think the Padres will promote lawson paddock and marahone this trio of all-stars uh within the next couple weeks uh paddock yes marahone maybe lawson probably not just yet um uh, I, I age La- age is a factor i think lawson's still got a little bit to prove and obviously he's younger of the group i think paddock's I think it comes to a point where, especially in high A, um, it's more of a hitter's league. So if you have a pitcher that's just dominating like Chris Paddock is, there's really nothing left for him to prove. I mean, Lawson's been good, Morhone's been good, but neither one's really dominating. So I think a lot of times you wait for them to really dominate or if they're kind of the older age. Like last year, I mean, Lucchese, Lauer, Knicks were all college guys. So they were already in there. You know, they were already 21, 22 at that point. Uh, 23, I think, in Lucchese's case. So, yeah, those guys are already a little bit old for the level, and I think Paddock's, I think, 21 currently. So maybe a similar story. I think Morahone's still 19? Yeah, Yeah. Paddock's 22, Morahone is 19, and Lawson is 20, actually. So Morahone is actually younger than than Lawson. Yeah, so I would would probably put them in that order. I think uh, Paddock's probably, I want to say, I don't want to say a sure bet, but I think he moves up sooner rather than God, yeah. any other two it's, it's just, hang out. It's so, exciting. it's so exciting when we're talking about 19, 20, 21-year-olds that are all-stars and, and have the ability to jump into double-A because, you know, it's it's when you're in double-A and you're performing, you're you're waiting for that call at any time. That call can come to you at any time. There's many professional pitchers who've made that jump from double-A to the professional league and, and stayed there, so... God, I'm I'm just so excited with with this pitching and the fact that it's it's rounding into form, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, give me some more thoughts, uh, Elliot Ashbeck, uh, someone I talked to on the Storm Media Day, impressive young man, uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery, uh, the veteran uh, in the Lake Elsinore staff. I believe him and Her- Gerardo Reyes were the two senior members of that uh, pitching staff of the whole team. Uh, Elliot has done well; he's pitched well out of relief. He's shown a lot of versatility. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, a fringe prospect, someone who's probably going to have to make it to the major leagues as a reliever, but it, it's exciting, again, to see a name, uh, a former uh, late mid to late round draft pick who's who's developing and, and doing well successfully in the system. 
Yeah, I mean, 40 strikeouts in 38 innings, that's, that's going to get the job done. I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't as impressive as Chris Paddock, who has 70 strikeouts in 42 yeah. innings. But <laughs> We all can't uh, be Chris Paddock. <laughs> yeah, definitely impressive for him. Uh, he's definitely looked good this year. Um, same can be said about Lawson. He's he's looked pretty consistent this year. He's striking out um, about a batter per inning. Um, Morajon, about a batter per inning strikeout. Um, Lawson's had a little bit of issue with some walks here and there. Morajon, I think, has been shown less command than he did last year in Fort Wayne, but I think both have, have made good strides um, as the year has progressed. So definitely good to see for both. Nice. Yes, this uh exciting time again to be a Padre fan. Uh, let's move into the Texas League uh, AA affiliate San Antonio Missions uh, with, what is that, seven, eight nine. members? Nine. I only have eight. I think it's nine. Well, I only have eight written down, so we we got an issue. I'll figure uh, out. I'll figure my out my prepar- my preparation is is bad too. So, uh, Cal Quantrill, uh, Brad Wick, Logan Allen, Austin Allen, Rowan Wick, Ty France, Fernando Tatis Jr., and River Stevens are the eight that I have listed. There did, might be a ninth. Did you say Brad Wick? Yes. God, who's the other one? I thought there. Were, I swear there was nine. All right, well, start talking, and I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Preparation. Staff, the pitching staff has been amazing in, in San Antonio. Uh, they are a couple games away from clinching the uh, first half title in the uh, Texas South uh, division. Uh, they're 42-24 and 24 right now. Bullpen has just been amazing. Uh, Rowan Wick got another save tonight. The, the, the dude is... is it has a chance to, to be, a, you know, we talked earlier about relievers and the fact that this team has a, a, a huge amount of them. And if they move a Brad Hand, if they move a Craig Stam, and if they move a Kirby Yates, there's plenty of names that can step in. I mean, Brad Wick had some time with the Major League camp this season and, and has pitched pretty well out of out of, uh, out of of relief and in relief. The, the left-hander started off a little slowly this, this season, but has pitched well recent and, and was given this Texas League All-Star nomination. So... He, it's, it's exciting. It, it, it is exciting. Uh, give me your thoughts on, uh, on 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 this group of young men. I'm going to give you my thoughts on Josh Naylor because you forgot him. There's oh god. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, so Josh Naylor has been nine. hitting. I mean, uh, he's obviously cooled off a bit, um, but his hot start was enough to earn him a spot. Uh, Austin Allen has just been pretty pretty impressive. I think he leads the league with 15 home runs. I, I believe. Um, Logan Allen looks like he's ready for AAA and maybe even the big leagues before the end yeah. of the year at this rate. Um, Cal Quantrill's definitely, I mean, Cal Quantrill, I think we all were kind of discouraged by what we saw with him, and he's been, he's been hot as of late. I mean, his last three or four starts have been really good. Um, he's third in the league in yeah. strikeouts. Um, who else? We he has, Wick he has, Brad Week. Let's talk about Quantrill real quick. I, I was watching the start today that he, that he made. He's starting to really spin the ball a lot better than he had in previous seasons, and, and you got to think that he's really rounding to form with the Tommy John, and that's kind of just out of his mind at, right now. And, and he's just—I don't know—he looks like a different person to me than than I saw. I saw him up close in person in spring, uh, pitching some interleague games and, and pitching some uh, B squad games against other teams, and, and he just didn't look as free and easy as he looks right now. Right now, he's free and easy. The sp- the spin out of his hand is, is, is like I say, the best that I've seen. Uh, he's getting swing and misses. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. It's, it's nice to see uh, him take his game to the next level and, and take to heart uh, some of the criticism that had been hitting him early in the year. 
Yeah, it's definitely uh, good to see that adjustment, and it's good to see those young guys kind of make adjustments when needed and kind of improve their game um, as the season progresses. Definitely. Uh, last note that we have is uh, we mentioned a couple times in the podcast the Tri-City Dust Devils uh, will start play tomorrow. Uh, a lot of draft picks will be on that team. Uh, Henry Henry will be on the mound, your boy, uh, for the first game tomorrow. My boy. It'll be interesting to see how he is uh, made some adjustments. He started the season in Fort Wayne and uh, didn't start out that well. He had to be sent back to extended uh, to work on some things. Uh, he's got a very light arm, but he's kind of uh, all over the place with his mechanics, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to uh, kind of tighten up his, 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 uh, his motion tomorrow. Um, Mason House, Blake Hunt uh, are on that squad as well. Both of those guys I'm, I'm pretty familiar with. I, I talked to both of them, uh, and they're both very excited for this opportunity to, to finally get going on their, on their first uh, major league season, their first uh, professional season. So um, give me your thoughts on the Tri-City roster. Uh, it's it's nice to see we're going to have a full full squad of action. I mean, there's going to be, the, with the DSL going too, there's going to be uh, six different uh, affiliate games going on uh, at uh, in any, winning, any given day. Yeah, I mean, how can you keep up with it all, right? Um, yeah. So once again, I'm showing my lack of preparation. I am pulling up the roster right now. <laughs> I can only have so many windows open on my phone. Uh, my computer's acting up. Yeah, so Blake Hunt, Mason House, both selections from last year. Uh, um, Luis Asuncion, who was on the Northwest League All-Stars last year, is on the team. Cole Bellinger is on the team. Uh, Wen Hui Sung, the first Asian amateur player to sign with the Padres, is on the team. A um, couple other draft picks from last year. Um, off the top of my head, Basabe is on the team. I don't know if it's Olivier. Olivier? Basabe, he was drafted mm-hmm. last year. Um, Trey Carter will be on that team. I believe he was drafted. Was that last year or two years ago? You lose track of two time. Year, two years, I believe. Uh, Sam Keating, who was drafted last year, two years ago. I just lose track. Whatever. Uh, Dan Dallas, who's still somehow only twenty years old. Um, he's been yeah. around a few years now. Um, Diamar Diamar Lopez, who's kind of an interesting arm. He's going to be on the team. Um, other than that. Just more young guys. I mean, it's a pretty. Young oh, Andres roster Munoz. Overall. I saw. I saw Andres Munoz was added to the team as well. That's today. true. He was added to the team. Um, they say there's going to be some draft picks. I don't know if they've officially announced all of them yet. Uh, I saw some. I saw Miller. I saw Coleman. I saw Williams on the roster. Is some little, of the is little on the roster. I did not see little. I I don't think I did. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, again, lack of preparation. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely, uh, definitely plenty of guys to watch, and um, obviously, as the season progresses, you might see more guys. There's some guys who are going to probably start in the AZL. Um, some, some certain draft picks start in the AZL, especially like high school type guys. Although there is a couple yeah, guys that are yeah. being aggressive with and sticking them in Tri City, so we'll see how that goes. Um, arguably, there could be some guys in Fort Wayne soon that, that can make the jump. I mean, it's going to. Be interesting to see how they how they deal with Ryan Weathers and uh, Edwards, um, the top two picks. So, going to be mm-hmm. cool to see how that shakes out as well. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be some moves throughout all the systems you would imagine. Uh, this is the time of the year where the promotions start to really hit, and they kind of trickle down uh, to basically all the affiliates. So it's uh, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Um, Stick with us. We will we will cover it. Uh, we were going to go into the draft picks a little bit, but we kind of run over with our Twitter uh, questions and such. So 
we'll get into the draft picks uh, in, a, in another show. Uh, we're hoping to land one of our uh, one of our experts to come in and give us a little more information. But um, I'm, I'm excited with a lot of uh, a lot of the high upside players that were, were selected this uh, this season in the draft. I mean, I guess we can go a couple minutes and, and briefly talk about the, the draft if you'd like. Um, yeah, I think overall I was satisfied with the draft. I mean, I know some people were maybe upset with Weathers instead of Libertor, but I, I think it's a good pick either way. Yeah, um, both you know, similarly I'm surprised ranked. We didn't get a, I'm surprised we didn't get a Twitter question on that. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a hot topic. Um, I like yeah. the Edwards pick. Like I said before, you got him at 38. Yeah. He was arguably a top 20 player on the draft, so good pick. I really like Grant Little. That That's a good mm-hmm. pick to me. He's got just mm-hmm. hits. Hits, hits, and hits. Um, Dylan Coleman's another guy I like. I think he could kind of – I know the Joey Lucchese parallels are obviously there. Um, he's a guy who's got some mid-90s heat. Um, yeah, speed yeah. Offerings. Um, but, yeah, so overall I like the draft. I mean, I, I don't think it was the best draft of a team, but I don't think it was the worst draft. I think it was, it was good overall, and you really can't judge drafts until like five years out. So at this point we're still like waiting to judge, you know, Preller's first draft, so – Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There's there's some diamonds in the rough, and I definitely appreciate the fact that the team took a lot of high upside players, uh, higher upside off, offensive players as well. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I'm excited by the Edwards pick. Uh, the Owen Miller pick is, is, is intriguing as well. Uh, I do like Little. Uh, Coleman is also just a, a pure upside arm that, that could figure it out and, and could really be uh, – a top of the order pitcher or an ace closer. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. It's really early to, to predict uh, what the fourth round pick could be uh, out of Missouri State. But uh, I, I definitely appreciate the fact that they took players that were on the board who probably shouldn't have been and, and they went and pulled the trigger on it. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Patrick, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I think we've pretty done a pretty good job here on our. Uh, our last double-digit podcast uh, for East Village Times. This is our 99th episode. Um, I, I guess you forgot a Twitter question. I mean, I know uh, our friend Dude, over at the 5.5 podcast, uh, Miserable SD fan, asked us if if Poway is a part of East County. Um, oh. Do you have any thoughts on, on Poway's um, affiliation? E, um, yeah. No, I have I have no comments on that. I, you have I, no thoughts, okay? Um, I have I have no thoughts over that because Poway is is a North County to me. There's as someone there's no who lives in North County, I, I do live in North County. I'm a North County, a North would, County. Would kid. you consider Poway as a North County? I would I would include Poway. Um, yeah, that's. I, so I live I in don't the Vista area, and, West, and I don't I don't understand where East and West came into effect. I'm I'm a South Bay gay, South Bay guy, born and raised, lived here my whole life. Poway has always been referred to as North County. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think according according I'm looking on Wikipedia. According to Wikipedia, uh, North County includes Oceanside, Escondido, Carlsbad, Vista, San Marcos, Encinitas, Poway, Slaughter yeah. Beach, and Del Mar. Therefore, North County. I think you know once you hit Overmere Mesa, you're officially into North County. Yeah, I people say once you pass the uh, the seventy six. No, not the 76, the 56. 52? 52? 52. I've lived here my whole life, and I still can't get my freeway straight. The 52, once you hit the 52, yeah. they say you're kind of North County, or so, so I hear. Yeah, so. I, would, I, would, I, would, I would extend that past Mirror Mesa. I think I once mean, you hit that little valley. I live on the 78, and I'm kind of close to the 76, so I am definitely 
very North County. <laughs> this 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 was not the topic that I wanted to end our podcast. Well, we're not ending on that. I just wanted to mention it. I will end on the fact that that Freddie Galvis sucks, and I am very bitter about that trade. Oh man, you! What are we going to talk about the Chargers next? I mean, we are going no, I'm down. mad. Okay, every time I hear about Eniel De Los Santos playing well, and people saying we don't need more pitching prospects, it's like you can never have enough. People say stuff like that, and then pitchers get injured. So. Yeah, and Daniel De Los Santos is pitching well in, in AAA. And I am getting sick that, of hearing that's about. All I can, that's people, all I can tell you. People saying Freddie well Galvis should get an extension. I mean, if he didn't oh. play like passable defense, he wouldn't even be in the major leagues. Let's be honest. An extension, like just extend him now. No, I'm saying if he wasn't if he wasn't a good defender, he shouldn't even be a big leaguer at this point. So, yeah. the fact that people are talking about extending him to anything or saying like. Was it Kevin Acey who said, "Oh, we should we should sign him and and Tatis can play third. Like that's just stupid. Yeah, I would. Like, I mean, I don't like Christian Villanueva. I'm kind of like not sold on him. But if you would whoa, take whoa, Freddie Galvis whoa. over him, that's just stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll we'll save the Villanueva. Um, that's that's gonna be a conund- rant next conund- time, conundrum for the next podcast because that's that's definitely something that yeah, I yeah. We'll, we'll we wondering we focus as well. On the outfield. We'll talk infield next time because I I got thoughts. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, there's def- there's definite thoughts about the infield as well, but yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know. I, I I defended the Galvis trade in the beginning. I have nothing to say now. I I, I don't know. Daniel De Los Santos is pitching well. That's all I can say. I, I but it's still if he, if he was doing this for the Phillies, I'd be really way more angrier than I am now. It, it's it's Lehigh Valley. It's a uh, freaking. It's triple A. I mean, yeah, he's pitching well. I'm mad. I mean, I, st- I still don't. I don't know. We'll, okay, we'll... let's end on a positive note. <laughs> who has been your Who has been your favorite Padre or, or your maybe your 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 best Padre so far this year? Um, my favorite Padre as far who has as impressed oh, you the most, or who has oh, who has, who has drawn me. you the drawn the most attention from you? <sighs> I have mine in mind. I'm gonna let you go first, though. I would probably have to say Lucchese or, or maybe Franchi Cordero. I, 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 either one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed in, 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 in the fact that Lucchese came out and was able to perform right away at the major league level and, and kind of had the ice water running into his veins. And um, Cordero is just impressive with he, the fact that he's learning uh you know right before he he went out with the with the arm injury he was showing a little more plate discipline he was taking pitches he was consciously taking pitches and and i like that i I like that shows me that he's listening to the coaching and he's trying to implement it into his game whether or not he's able to do that is a a different is a whole different story but i i'm i'm impressed with both those youngsters I, i that just tells me that this system is progressing what they're teaching them in the minors and and in Arizona is getting to their heads and they're starting to learn to play the game the right way. So, um, who's impressed you in this 2018 season? I'm going to cheat and name a few, but um, my two guys have been the sixth best reliever in baseball and the 12th best reliever in baseball by F4. That is mm. Adam Simber, who has very quietly been the sixth best relief pitcher in all baseball just on F4. I know some of that maybe is to do with him pitching so much, but if you look at the guys around him, I mean, Blake Trinan's pitched about the same amount of innings. Chapman and Doolittle 
about the same amount of innings. Edwin Diaz, Josh Hader up there. All about the same amount of innings. So it's not like he's pitched, you know, a bunch of innings more than everybody else. So he's been definitely impressive to me. I mean, he's been striking out almost uh, over a batter per nine innings. He's walking uh, 1.5 batters per nine innings. He has yet to give up a home run. Yes, you heard that correct. He has yet to give up a home run. Um, he's just been very impressive. And then Craig Stammen, who's the 12th best pitcher in baseball by F4, he's been just, I mean, he's like had a career renaissance. I mean, he's he's got, I think, a career high 9.48 K9. His walk rate's under 1.5 per nine. I mean, both guys have just been so impressive. And if you add Brad Hand and uh, Kirby Yates, I, I don't know if there's a better four relief pitchers in baseball uh, on one team so far this year. So definitely been thoroughly impressed by the Padres' bullpen. I think that's one thing you can really hang your hat on um, when thinking about the Padres' uh, season so far. Definitely, definitely. I commend you for saving the podcast with with this last uh, series of questions. I had to say nice things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, folks, we are about out of time. We don't generally like to go into the hour-long podcast, even though I believe we have with this one. Um, I, I, Patrick, go ahead and, and, and take us out of here. I, you, we've heard enough from me today. I'm, I'm, it's past my bedtime. It's past your bedtime. It's past my bedtime. Um, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're hosted on Podbean. You can find us on there. Uh, give us a follow. You can find all our latest podcasts on there. Um, obviously, we're on Twitter um, at EVT News at EVT underscore J Clark. I forgot the underscore in EVT News. Um, I'm Patrick Brew ninety three. Um, stay tuned for more episodes. Obviously, the big hundreds coming up next. We don't know what we're doing for that yet. So, if anyone's got any fun ideas for yeah, how we, we can have, bring in the hundred, we have we have zero plans. There'll be uh, it'll probably be a show similar to this one, just a normal one. Um, yeah, yeah. So if anyone has any thoughts, um, that'd be fun. We could do something crazy. Uh, maybe have some guests on if anyone's interested, or do some crossover. I don't know. The 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 uh, the, the world is our oyster. Um, yeah. But yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll hopefully have that episode within the next, uh, you know, early next week or within the next few days. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, East Village Times podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.